0: Sometimes I wonder what I would have been like, part of the crew who's with Jesus, approaching his last week as they're walking toward Jerusalem. What would I have been thinking? Might have been thinking, man, this is going to be epic. This is going to be the best week ever. Have you seen what he's been doing these last few years? And now we're going to go to Grand Central, and it's going to be miracles, miracles. And healings. We're gonna have the best crowds ever. We're gonna be in the room when it happens. You might have been feeling that way. You might have different thoughts, but that I'm sure is what's happening as this group of people, Jesus' disciples and others, walk with him toward his final week. And in the end of the Gospel of Matthew, we find a story. Of what someone was thinking. Because as they're moving. Jesus, his disciples and others. The mother. Of two of his disciples. James and John. Approaches Jesus. She has a request. And this is her request. Grant that one of these sons of mine. Sit on your right. And the other one may sit at the left. In your kingdom. She's thinking something big is about to happen. And I want. My kids be recognized to have honor. Now if you're a parent, you can identify. Parents want their kids to receive top billing. We want our kids to be recognized maybe even a little bit more than the other kids. We want our kids photos to be a little bit larger than everyone else's on those team roster photos at all the local restaurants. We want our kids ...to be significant. That's where I think this request might be coming from. But of course, everyone overhears this... ...and everyone else is upset. Who do they think they are? They're they're not any better than we are. And so we approach this text... ...Jesus has a teachable moment. What what is he going to say? How is he going to handle this instance... ...this request... that ...that he receives... And you may be thinking, well, I wouldn't have made that request as a parent, but I, I may not even be a parent. I know what it's like to want to be significant. Because you may have found yourself doing things that no one ever noticed. You might find yourself working behind the scenes. You might find yourself going out of your way to serve others, only to be greeted by perhaps apathy... Maybe even rudeness. And you look around and you see others getting ahead. And you think maybe that's the path to success by stepping over other people and being ruthless. And that's how to advance myself and my cause. How does Jesus answer that request? What does he do in this teachable moment? Well, he asks the two disciples, can you drink this cup that I'm going to drink? Of course, they're thinking the cup of honor. Of course we can drink this, Jesus, we're right there with you We're we're ready to be elevated as you have been Jesus knows that there's something different in that cup And it's not honor that's coming to him So he says, well maybe you can drink that cup It's, It's going to taste different than you thought But I can't give you these seats of honor In fact, that's not what any of this is about But I'm sure Jesus knows the messages that his followers have been swimming in. He knows what's happening in the first century. He knows all the philosophical messages they've been receiving. They've been watching all the TikTok reels of Greek philosophy... ...that say how can a person be happy when they have to serve someone? And they've been listening to all the long-form podcasts on Plato's teachings... ...where these guys get on for an hour... And talk about being alpha males and how servants are just contemptible flatterers. Serving is not virtuous. It's not the way to be a good person in the first century. But he knows all this. And so in a gentle voice with everyone listening, Jesus says to these two disciples and everyone else, Not so with you. You're not going to be like that. All these other rulers might lord it over people and they might have all this power and authority, but not so with you. he says these words, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus' words at this point hang in the air. They're a direct challenge to all the ambitious ways of the followers and everyone else around in the first century. But Jesus is not just giving them some teaching for them to follow. He is going first. I didn't come, he says, to be served, but to serve. And that's what I expect from my followers. We're wrapping up this series today where for most of 2024 so far, we've been talking about the one body with many members. And we've talked about different people with titles and positions and different leaders and mission points. And I'm glad because those are really important. But what does that mean for all of us? What does it mean for the many members? What does it mean that we're called to serve? Well, let's look at a few passages, just a brief tour through uh, some New Testament scriptures about what a servant means and what a servant does. The word servant that we're going to talk about today is the Greek word where we get deacon. It's diakonos. And you know, for elder, we've translated that to make it English words. For, the, for deacon, we didn't bother. We didn't, we didn't call it servant. We just, I guess we were lazy and just said deacon, right? We didn't actually make an English word. We just... We just approximated the Greek word. But it's used over 30 times in the New Testament, and it's just someone who carries out tasks for the benefit of others. It started out in the early part of John that, you know, the wedding feast, it's a waiter serving a meal, but it broadens throughout Scripture to just mean people who do any kind of service. It's not really a title or an identity, it's really just about the work that a person does service okay then what kind of work are we talking about what's the scope of the service to which we're called here's just a few things in Matthew 25 when Jesus is talking about maybe his return and separating the sheep from the goats and what it's going to be like on judgment day and that's a different sermon for what actually is going on there but he says there's going to be two kinds of people and those who looked for ways to serve and those who didn't and Those who served me, Jesus said, and those who didn't. And people say, well, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, Jesus, or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison? When did we see all that and did not help you? That's the word serve. And Jesus says, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you didn't do for me. So here, serving is just providing basic needs. Food, clothing, shelter. Or in Luke 10 when Jesus is on a journey and stops in Mary and Martha's home. And all this fuss is going on. And Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. That's the word for service. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work, that serve, by myself? Tell her to help me. So here service is generic. Men do it. Women do it. It's providing hospitality. That's service. Luke 8. Jesus is traveling and preaching. And just as a by-the-way comment, Luke tells us that the twelve were with him. And also some women. Mary, Joanna, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. That's serving them. That's the word for serve. Or at the beginning of Romans chapter 16, where Paul commends our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Synchre, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. So Phoebe has a role with the church there, and it involves funding things. Notice the funding of the women in these two passages. Sometimes service looks like providing funding for ministry, and then we're not sure exactly how this happens, how it goes from just being a servant to being maybe what is talked about with Phoebe or some sort of office in the church. But in 1 Timothy 3.8, after Paul has talked about what it means to be a shepherd, he says, in the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect. Now, that's where your translators have decided now this is an office. They could just say servants, but it makes some sense that they might say deacons. And so, it, in some sense... It's this idea of an office or a servant leader in the church. But I think the best passage to look at for what this means is in the book of Acts. In chapter 6, the early church is trying to figure themselves out. And you have Christians who've come from Jewish backgrounds and Christians who've come from Gentile backgrounds. And they're trying to figure out how to live and work and do ministry together. And one of their ministries is providing food and needs for the widows in the church. That's a good thing. ...but the widows from Gentile backgrounds were saying, hey, I think there's some discrimination going on here... ...because the service for us is not matching the service for the Jewish widows. And so the church has to figure out how to solve this bias, this discrimination issue with the food distribution... And so the the leaders say in Acts chapter 6 verse 2... ...it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God... ...in order to wait on tables. That's to serve at tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you... ...who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. And we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. So in this passage, you have the service of the word and the service of waiting on tables. What I like about this is servants here, they just meet the needs that are identified. Here's a need over here. Let's find people who can do it. That's sort of how we do things at Preston Road. We have a group of servant leaders, and they serve quietly behind the scenes in different ministries some of them lead efforts in those ministries but we find things that need to be done and we ask people to serve and to do them that's what servants do so there's lots more we could explore but just a summary of what we saw servants can provide basic needs they can provide hospitality they might provide funding there might be a sense in which they hold a church office but in the end they meet identified needs that's what they do servants are not just a subsection of the church this is a requirement an opportunity for all of us so peter says in his letter each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others so if you have the gift of hospitality use it to serve others and the church if you have the gift of administration use that gift to serve others and serve the church if you have the gift of funding things use that to serve others and to serve the church and really if you see a need something that needs to be done examine your gifts and use those to serve others and to serve the church In our first sermon in this series, we saw that the church has many members, but all of them had the same value. And in a similar way, I think we're seeing in this sermon on servants, we all have different gifts, but they all serve the same purpose. To build up the body of Christ. When I have talked to people at this church about servants... There are some names that come up. I want to tell you about some people I never got to meet. But those of you who have been around a while, you know these people. So before we show any pictures, I'm I'm, I'm telling you about some example servants of this church. I want you to think about who comes to mind if you've been here a while. Got your image? So I want to talk to you about Irene and Jim Burleson. Now do you hear your reaction when I say that? You know. I, in fact, was with a group of our church members Friday night. And when I said these names, I just watched their faces. I never got to meet them. But when I talk to people about servants, these are some of the names that come up. And people talk to me about the quiet ways that the Burlesons served. They talk to me about... There was a time when everyone or many people were asked to go park at the high school... ...to make more room here, maybe during some construction. And it, you know, at a certain time, most people kind of quit doing that. But Mr. Burleson, in his 80s, would go park a few blocks away at the high school... ...and walk over just so that there was one more spot available in our lot. Or there'd be an event out in the narthex, some church event... ...and when it was over and everybody's talking... Mr. Burleson would be quietly putting away chairs, putting up tables. I'm sure there are more stories to be told about them, but when I think of servants, when you think of servants, I think that's who you might think about. One thing I really love is you're going to read members in the letter that you receive uh, about our budget that's going out that their estate gave the church a generous gift just recently. And what I love about that is that they did the both-and thing. Sometimes we think there's some sort of divide or tension between giving and doing. They did both. It wasn't an either-or. They did both of those things. And I love the complete and total embodiment of service by the Burlesons. No doubt there are more stories that could be told about people who have gone on and people in this room. But I wanted to lift them up because they... Exemplify Core values of this church One of our core values That you find listed Is service We value service To others, to our community That's a core value When we talk to new members About what it means to be a member at this church We have five things that we ask of our members One of those things Is to serve That is one of the five things We tell people We ask you to serve. It's not just for a group of people. Everyone is called to serve. If you're wondering, by the way, about how you could serve, we have a few ways for you to do that. If you go to our website at prestonroad.org slash serve, we have put up a spiritual gifts inventory. It's just a spreadsheet you can download. You kind of rate your different skills and passions in different areas, and it spits out some options for you. You could take that, print it, or email it to one of us, and we can have a conversation. Or maybe you want just a more one-on-one approach. Just email info at PrestonRoad.org. Julie's going to get that. Just say, hey, I'd like to talk to someone about what I'm good at, what I like to do, my gifts and talents, and maybe how the church could use those. Just send an email, and we'll figure out the right person for you to talk with. But many of you are already serving, and we know that and are grateful for that. But some of you might be newer, or you don't have a place to serve. And we want to help you find a way to do that. So we started with a story that happened before Jesus' final week. I want to end with a story during his final week. It's the Thursday night before Jesus' death. And he's gathered with his disciples in an upper room. And they're eating their last meal together. And in the middle of that meal, John tells us that Jesus gets up. He takes off his outer garments. He grabs a towel. Fills a basin with water. And begins to wash his disciples' dirty feet. And Peter objects, he says, no, you can't do that. And Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, we can't be together. And I wonder what James and John and others might be thinking at this moment. Like, we didn't sign up for this. We thought this was going to be an epic week. Where are the crowds? Where's the glory and honor? And here's this guy we've been following, washing dirty feet. But Jesus says to them, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet You also should wash each other's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. There are so many people in this room who walk around with a towel and basin and serve in quiet ways that no one ever notices. They're not glamorous ways. But your service matters to God. It matters to this church. It matters to your family and your community. And for those of you who don't yet know your area of service, here's what I invite you to do. Grab a towel, grab a basin of water, and join us as we do our best to follow our servant leader, Jesus Christ. Let's stand and sing.